0: On Shillkill, we pair a crypto with a riveting true crime case, weaving together the worlds of innovation and investigation. Today, we shed light on a groundbreaking project before delving into a dark mystery. Stay curious and ready for more. I'm Chip Mahoney, and this is Shillkill, a unique fusion of finance and mystery. If you're curious about crypto and love true crime, this is the place for you. Today, it's all about the games, talking about the games in crypto and also the games people play in real life that lead to real tragedy, a love triangle gone haywire. Was it a love triangle or something else that happened to Karen O'Neill? And I got that next for you on Shieldkill. Thanks for tuning in. This is the audio version, but if you like video, there's Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, and whatnot. Therefore, another reason to subscribe, come back for more, because I will have more for you just about every new week. A new crypto to review paired with a true crime case, a real mystery like I like to do here at Shill Kill, because this podcast is for true crime fans and also people who are new to crypto, curious about crypto, Don't want to miss the bull run. Going to have FOMO if everybody else is doing well. So you got to learn this stuff now and take it with you. And that's what I have for you. And if you know anyone else like yourself who loves true crime, wants to learn about crypto in the process, then please share the podcast. Maybe leave a rating or a review if you've got time for that. Always appreciate it because when you come back, I will always have more for you. If you have heard me before and it wasn't just a drive-by, as I like to say, you're dropping the clip, pulling the crossover SUV back around on me, know that I do appreciate that OG respect. I try to get bigger and better for you each and every time, often to give you reason and value for being here. And though I am a DeFi expert, I promise not to fire back on you with a bunch of technical jargon I know you don't need. You just need to know enough about the project to make a sound decision one way or the other. Because the thing about crypto is just not to miss out on the opportunity and don't miss out what I have for you next about Gala Games. Gala is a top crypto project. If you head over to CoinMarketCap, you will see it listed in the top 100 of all cryptos. It's been legitimized that way. You can think of them as like the Atari of the 1980s where they have the Atari system and a bunch of games that go with that. They're a Web3 gaming company. They've got a few games on the market. They're building more and they have their own blockchain. They use Ethereum as well, which is the second biggest blockchain. So that's good news. They are play to earn, which means that you can access the games with the token and earn it with inside the game itself. And if price as well, then you could do a little bit of profit there. And that's always a good thing. But my question is, will these games be popular? Because late 2021, Web3 gaming was all the rage along with the NFTs and so forth. And here we are at the start of this Bitcoin bull run where Bitcoin is now over 50,000. It breached that number. And while you're sleeping, that happened, then you're going to wake up in the future, near future, probably it's going to be 100,000. So will people be interested in these Web3 games as they once were, like NFTs I think so. Uh, it's possible because all the altcoins are going to do well during a Bitcoin bull run. Um, but right now, it's about two and a half cents a share. Uh, this token was over 80 cents at one point. And you could get it on Coinbase here in the United States, although I don't see it listed there anymore. So if you're outside the U.S., then like anything, it's going to be much easier for you to acquire on a centralized exchange. And there could be an opportunity there because a lot of holders have been holding since like 50 cents, 25 cents, they've been dollar costing down. So if it's at two and a half cents and it goes back to 10 cents or 20 cents, there's not going to be a whole lot of selling pressure. So I think there's probably an opportunity for someone new in crypto to throw down some on some gala and make a pretty good return. At least I would consider doing that. And I wouldn't necessarily say that if it wasn't in the top 100 and legitimized and also If you're familiar with crypto, then people are typically familiar with Gala as one of the bigger game companies. Now, there's a lot of games out there that are being developed. And I just wonder, you know, you've got to have all the users for it. So uh, maybe their business model is to build a bunch of games for a wide user base rather than one uh, amazing game that everybody wants to use. So it's kind of hard to pull off one hit. Uh, so maybe a bunch of good games and that will attract the user base. So on a centralized exchange during a bull run, then I think it could do a 5X or 10X. I think that that is very possible. And like I said, not a lot of selling pressure at certain prices. So if you have a chunk of money to throw down on it, not a bad idea. Uh, gaming is a popular segment of Web3 and I think that excitement could come back with gaming, NFTs, and everything that I saw late 2021. So again, outside the United States, it's going to be easier for you. I don't see it listed here on Coinbase in the United States. I don't know why uh, it's not listed, but it is around two and a half cents. So could it go back to 80 cents? Could it hit that magical dollar? Who knows? But certainly I could see it doing a 5X or 10X on a centralized exchange. And that's GALA. Gala games. Now, when I transition here to the true crime, I'm going to talk about the games that people play in real life, love and relationships, and the story of Karen O'Neill, a Navy Golden Girl, a track star who lost her life in a love triangle, or was it a love triangle? I got that for you next. Before I get into the story of Karen here, which is the focus of the episode, I think it's a good idea to talk about the others involved and also a more recent case, which was an actual love triangle. So we can kind of see the differences, but this case was in 1993. It was December 1st, 1993, in fact, and it involved not one, but two athletic stars with the u.s naval academy so you can imagine that close-knit community and one of them uh, who died along with karen was alton Grizzard, who was a star quarterback for the navy midshipman and he was well known i think at the time in the late 80s he was up for the heisman maybe but he was a true star A quarterback on that team, well known throughout the country. And after his football career in college, he decided to join the Navy SEALs. He was, in my mind, kind of like the Pat Tillman before we knew about Pat Tillman, because he played football on such a high level and then he went to serve his country even more. So he went to the Navy SEAL training in San Diego. So he's part of this story. And then the guy with the gun, uh, the jealous boyfriend who committed this murder, whose name was George Smith. And I will talk about that when I do talk about Karen. But in more recent times in the last couple of years, we've seen a couple love triangles play out. I mean, it's a common thing in true crime, really more common than not, we do see it. But I think of the case of Caitlin Armstrong in Texas, who was also a member of another close-knit community, the cycling community. And she was the killer in this case, and Mariah Williams was the victim. There was a man involved, another cyclist, who, in my opinion, I tend to think was the catalyst for this all. The reason why It played out like it did where Mariah Williams was the victim, and and she was gunned down by Caitlin Armstrong, who subsequently turned into a fugitive uh, in like a movie of the week scenario. She was recently sentenced for her crimes, but that was a true love triangle, in my opinion. You had the guy in the middle of that love triangle who was, whether he was purposely doing it or not, I don't know, but I think the catalyst behind the action uh, didn't know that he was playing with fire, someone like Caitlin Armstrong. And so you had one death in that, which was the other person in the love triangle or the relationship triangle with the man. And you had the jealous other girl who decided to murder Mariah. So that's why I think with the love triangle, where all people are sort of familiar with what's going on, they're not unaware of each other. There's three of them when there should be a relationship between two. So transitioning here to the story of Karen O'Neill, Ensign Karen O'Neill, 30 years ago, a military track star, uh, a tremendous life that was taken in what looks like a love triangle on the surface, but really isn't one. And in fact, Karen herself did not know she was in one until it was too late. Before I get into the case here, I wanna take a minute to talk about the podcast, uh, where I've come from, where I'm going. Previously, it was Drowning Verdict, where I talked about the true crime entirely and nothing else. And now with She'll Kill, I'm doing the crypto review with the true crime case how I think I can put something out there in a unique way that I don't see happening and I think can offer a lot of value. And of course, the true crime mystery, which I love. I'm a mystery writer. Uh, I have another novel coming out. Uh, You can see the link in the description. But that's where I started where I'm going. And I've worked on a lot of things in that process, uh, particularly my voice to just try to get better with uh, the equipment that I have and uh, a lot of things that go into making a podcast. But with my voice particularly, I thought about how I can improve it and just the way that I think, a lot of times just entertaining myself. I often thought of different voices out there and just entertain myself and maybe think about how they talked and maybe how I could get better. But I always went back to these British guys' voices, well-known voices. Um, And now that it's around Valentine's Day or that day has just passed, You'll see these guys on uh, TV, typically 24-7, speaking of Hugh Grant as one and Colin Firth the other. And I often thought about Hugh Grant and how he talked uh, so British and so modern and so breathy and so sharp. And often I would say things like he might say in his movie, uh, Notting Hill, which is like 20 years old now or more, where he says something like, if you were to stay very sharp, very breathy, says a lot without saying too much. And if you've ever watched his movies, he's always like stuffing himself inside of his shirt or a sweater as he talks anyways. So it's rather interesting to me. And I always thought about these voices. So if you were to stay. And then I thought about Colin Firth because I can't think of one without the other. And you can't really make a romantic comedy without One of those guys, especially Colin Firth, he's so popular in all the romantic comedies ever made, it seems like. But his voice was so old English that it just grabbed me. And I often thought about him and, again, entertained myself. So he wasn't so sharp like that, uh, but he would say stuff like, uh, in a way, something along the lines of, I'm going to London on the morrow. I shall be without love. Something like that, anyways, where are so old English and so regal that uh I would think about those voices and and maybe try to improve my own along the way. But always came back to Paul McCartney. And although I had never heard him speak in an interview, I had been to one of his concerts, but never an interview to really hear the man speak. I often thought about what it would be like to have a conversation with Paul or how he would speak. And so, yeah, I'd be entertaining myself. And think of him in a situation where he would say something like, oh, you know, I was at the piano one day and John came in. and He said, you know, there's people at the door, man. And I said, I know, Joan, you've got to let them in. They keep ringing the bell. Just let them in, man. And so I think, you know, that's got to be how he talks. And one day I'm driving and Sirius XM is on and there's – An interview with none other than Sir Paul. And I'm like, I got to listen to this because I've been doing these voices. And so I pull over and I turn it up. And sure enough, he's on the radio in an interview. And he gets right into it and he says, Well, you know, Ringo could drum, you know, he could just drum. Something like that, anyways. Karen O'Neill was unusually talented and gifted, and I think that fits for how she spelled her name, which was K E R R Y N. Karen O'Neill from Kingston, Pennsylvania. She attended the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, and at that time was a phenomenal track star, cross country and other events. And in fact, early '90s, she was the first person ever from the Naval Academy to represent them in the NCAA division one championships for cross country. So first person ever in any division one championship, that's how talented she was. So she certainly had the world at her fingertips as they say, and she was on one side of the country and then she made her way over to California to San Diego where the Navy has an amphibious base where they do all sorts of things, but that's where she recently was in December of 1993, um, just recently there, and I can imagine with everything going on in her life that there's just so much to look forward to. Along with her was a man named Alton Grizzard, who himself was at the top of the food chain for athletics and the type of person they want to create in the military. He was a star quarterback for the Navy midshipman who himself won a bunch of accolades and was well-known not only in the military, but throughout the country. And he went to his seal training after he was done with football. So that's why he was there and they had met, they were friends. There was no romantic thing there. Um, But they had met recently, and he was the type of guy who would help just about anyone. And I think that's why he was so gifted on the football field as a leader of his team and also as a member of the SEALs, a new member of the SEALs. So they were just friends. She had broken up with a man named George Smith who had proposed to her a year earlier, but she had returned the ring back to him. And so she had moved on, he didn't move on, and in fact, he had written her a 13-page letter that he tore up in his apartment there on the base that they would find later in a wastebasket, Um, but 13 pages about trying to win her back. As a writer myself, that's a lot to put in. Um, That's like the first part of a novel. I mean, it's a lot of words. So even the investigators back then had to tape it together and really couldn't figure out what it was because it was shredded in so many pieces. But he was trying to win her back. And there's Karen, this beautiful track star uh, with, like I said, the world at her fingertips, can choose where she wants to go and what she wants to do. And she's just trying to move on from this guy because she had broken up with him. She didn't want to get married. He was the wrong guy for her. He was also athletic. Uh, He was part of uh, teams there at the Naval Academy, but he didn't have the accolades as Karen and Alton. I mean, they were the cream of the crop. And this other guy was, he was good, but he wasn't great. There was, he didn't have that greatness to him. So he was really upset about losing her. And I can imagine just envisioning this scene that, she's one of the only females around probably in a male dominated uh area you know early 90s naval base uh you know top gun wasn't a few years uh before that and so i can just imagine that there would be a lot of guys around her that could want to be with her i mean she just had a lot to offer and so i don't think she did anything to warrant this guy's jealousy i just think that he looked at himself as probably not being able to measure up. And in that naval and military situation, it's all about measuring up and and being the best you can be, their their mantra. And maybe he just didn't feel that way about himself. And it really hurt when someone so beautiful and talented didn't want to be with him. And then there's a bunch of other people around, even a guy like Alton Grisard, who was uh, really... On the uh, totem pole of life, he was up there and George wasn't. So it was late one night on December 1st, 1993. George had a nine millimeter on him. Alton had gone to Karen's apartment just to be with her and talk to her. But when George came back, he had previously talked to uh, Karen. Uh, earlier and kind of made a public display, but Alton was there to kind of uh, console her, but they didn't see each other. And and the first time that George came across Alton in this love triangle that he thought was going on was when Alton answered her door. So like a gentleman, he answers the door because she's upset and George puts three bullets in him real quick, blowing him backwards to the bed. He falls down by the bed and then he quickly puts a bullet in the back of the quarterback star. Karen is cowering in the corner. She's in shock and disbelief and he quickly rushes up to the side of her and puts a bullet in the back of her head, killing her instantly. And with a matter of seconds, he goes over to the doorway area, puts the gun to his head and kills himself. So he's got six bullets. He uses four on the quarterback star because it took four bullets to kill a man like Alton Grisard. And Karen didn't know what to do. It was a complete shock. And he just got the jump on her, ended her life in such a brutal fashion but George is the only one who saw it as a love triangle, as him not being good enough, her denying him of what he truly wanted, which was the marriage to her, um, and then also seeing Alton, the quarterback star, as somebody who was competing for her love, and maybe the other guys that were around the area as well because he didn't have the confidence and he didn't have what it took to be with her, especially when she didn't want to get married so soon. So it probably wasn't so much about him, even though she did figure out he's not the right guy for her, but also the timing thing, because she's 21. She probably didn't want to get married until she was in her mid to late 20s. She had some more life to live. She had that military career to build upon. And uh, of course, being that athletic star herself. So this was a shock that came out of, uh, nowhere uh, it, you really couldn't pick up on any signals uh, she couldn't or or anybody close to this could understand what George would do because he had a pretty exceptional record he didn't have anything on his record that pointed to he that he could be capable of doing such as, a thing as this but I think uh, ultimately how I view this is that he just wanted to measure up and he couldn't measure up and he couldn't live with that. He couldn't live without her, but he also couldn't live with himself knowing that he lost someone like her. He came so close and yet he was so far away. And Alton was there just as the, the gentleman, as the military person, as the quarterback who would lead his team to a victory and lead anybody into safety. And, uh, he lost his life. He, he took full four bullets uh, for her. And that's what it took for someone like George, who Karen in her death ultimately showed what this guy was like, which is why she didn't want to marry him. The type of person that he was, which was a killer and a coward who ended two bright stars and He could have had a life later on in the future, but he wanted what he wanted at that time as a 24-year-old. She was 21. She wasn't ready. So that's the story I have for you here. A brilliant person, a beautiful person, a track star, um, somebody who went to the NCAA Division I, and nobody, male or female, had done that prior. And... Today, there is, or there was back then, they won the annual award, both herself and Alton. The sword is what they call it, which is kind of like the Heisman of uh, the military or the Navy, and that award is still around today, and, and that's what they won, and that's who they were. So that's the story. I hope you like the pairing here on Shellkill Come back for more. I will have more for you, but on this one, I'm out. Goodbye. Don't forget to subscribe and join us again as we uncover the fascinating connection between two seemingly disparate worlds. Until next time.